0: Oh, hello, and welcome to the Rioters Review, part of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, and that man over there in that London, Renfrey Dedman, called Stunner. Oh,
1: Corblimey, Blimey, go! Ooh, hello,
0: Ooh. hello, mate. How you doing?
1: I'm all right. I'm just going down the old vic for a pint. Actually, no, I'm oh, not. I, no, I'm, I'm not.
0: right brand off. Ooh, I'm in on.
1: lockdown, so I'm I'm not. I'm just yeah. on
0: my own. Me too. I'm, miserable I'm not on my own though. Got a cat and a girlfriend. <laughs>
1: All right, <laughs> <laughs> no need, in, in no need. V-
0: very much, very much in that order as well. Uh, uh Renfri, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's move on really quickly. Uh, this is as I said at the start, a rioters review. Thank you very much if you're a patron, um, which you obviously are, that's how you're listening to this, presumably. Uh, patreon.com forward slash riot act podcast is where you've already been to download this. Um, we appreciate your contribution we'll I'm release sure if these, you're listening to th-
1: we'll release these for free one day one day we'll get back to yeah away.
0: yeah 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 we will do one day um but that's so far in in the future that
1: oh 2027 20, at least i mean yeah. w- the planet won't be around by then we'll be dead no, from covid
0: no. aliens will come down and they'll go through the rubble of what humanity was and they'll just find <laughs> a little zoom recorder full of these
1: <laughs> if you're listening to this for free we're recording it during the whole covid thing and hopefully fingers crossed that whole thing's blown over years ago so get on it get on our patreon page and give us yeah a quid a month
0: a quid a month and you'll get this this is um what we do for anyone who gives us between a pound and four pound and 99 pence. If you're one of those people and you're listening to this and you're like, oh, this is good. I mean, I don't know why you think this is good so far, but um, if you do think this is good, <laughs> then maybe you want to up yourself to a five pound tier, which you can get our classic albums podcast series for, which are probably the best podcasts that we do, mm. I would say.
1: If you're paying us four ninety nine a month at the moment, you're a little bit of a schmuck, to be honest.
0: <laughs> you should be paid. <laughs> just just yeah. give us an extra penny. Exactly. I, I definitely don't want I deliberately do not want to hear those uh, those at all, so I'm going to give them $4.99. <laughs> but, I mean, that, narcissistic it's prick.
1: Up <laughs>
0: it's, up it's up to you. It's up to you. But um, you get to pick, as a patron, you get to pick what we do here on the Rioters Review. Review. Uh, this week, we are going to be talking about a suggestion that has come from Jack Clark. It is the self-titled and only record by the super trio them crooked vultures uh, great suggestion. the album great suggestion uh, yeah. album was released on the 16th of november 2009 them crooked vultures i'm sure you know consists of joshua homie john paul jones and dave grohl um pretty decent lineup that that's some serious serious pedigree Right. Oh fuck
1: yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous yeah. pedigree. Although as we all know, supergroups don't always live up to their individual constituent parts, do they? They
0: don't, Steve? do they? That is true. They don't. Um I think it's probably worth talking about uh how the band formed in the first place. There was an an interview with um, Dave Grohl in 2005, so four years before the record came out in Mojo, um, which he declared the next project I'm trying to initiate involves me on drums, Josh Homme on guitar, and John Paul Jones playing bass. Um, I mean, I think Dave Grohl was actually asked, although I've not been able to find it anywhere. Dave Grohl was asked if he could be if he could play drums in his own personal supergroup. Who would it consist of it's something that people do all the time? We're always saying that hey, put you know your own kind of super group together who would be this and who would be that. Um, very rarely does it actually become a band. But Dave Grohl said, I'd want Josh on guitar, I'd want John Paul Jones on bass, and I'd play drums. I'm not sure if he specified a singer because if he was, it seems a bit weird that he would pick Joshua Holm, uh, as as a singer. Not that he's a bad singer, but he's not the greatest singer of all time.
1: Uh no, but but he's got a distinctive style and 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 voice, and and he's come into his own, I think, as um, the years have gone by. If you, I mean, a record I fucking love the first Queens of the Stone Age record, but if you compare his vocals on that to stuff he's doing on, like Clockwork, for example, or something like that, he's come a lot along in a very good way, I think, as a vocalist. So yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying, but yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He, he's not Freddie Mercury, though, is
1: he? He ain't Freddie Mercury, you know. Um,
0: but then. Dave Grohl couldn't have got Freddie Mercury for this particular project. No, no,
1: he couldn't. <laughs> uh,
0: so <laughs> um, well, when was the first time you heard about this, this idea? Because I am don't know about you, Renfrey, but I'm one of those people who does get a bit excited when a supergroup full of people I like come along. The idea of Mats Cavalera and um, Greg, Greg f- doing a band together and troy sanders uh, with troy from mastodon i did get excited about that mm-hmm. yeah i'm not gonna lie um, and, and
1: and you should have a thing think like that killer be killed record is awesome
0: yeah wicked record um how about you how do you feel about the supergroup?
1: well they're hit and miss aren't they sometimes they're sometimes i i think the super group as a whole gets a worse rap than it deserves a band who I always feel deserve far more praise than they get is um Audio Slave, actually. Um people quite often Yes. People quite often just go, Oh, are the only decent Sometimes you'll hear people say, Well, they only did coaches. That was the only decent record. It's like, uh, like a fucking stone, mate. And I'd even say um the second Audio Slave album, Out of Exile, is awesome. It's not quite up there with the first, but it's very, very good. Doesn't rev-
0: remind me as a fucking tune, isn't it? Doesn't it?
1: remind me as brilliant, you know. Um, you've got songs like "The Moth" on there, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, it started to go a little bit downhill with Revelations, a record that they didn't even end up touring in the end. Um, but even even Revelations has its moments, you know. Um, so, and obviously that so many bands um, formed as part—I mean, Led Zeppelin, in theory, yep, were a supergroup of sorts, um, mm. and they are quite good hot take so um yeah i think it's a um uh a term which gets much maligned um although having said that i do understand why sometimes it does uh when you look at an example like chicken foot for example
0: <laughs> isn't it funny because i thought they, i thought about chicken foot as well yeah you know, one of the first ones i thought when i thought chicken foot i mean I'm, i have to say i've not even heard them but <laughs> hollywood <laughs> hollywood vampires they're no, not oh, yeah. hollywood vampires i've not even heard them and i'm yeah. like they're awful yeah. i've not even heard them and i have no intention of hearing them yeah but johnny depp alice cooper and joe perry no yeah, yeah. no no that, no no
1: and it's also that kind of thing of like these bands will immediately play massive 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 venues i mean um to take them crooked vultures as an example. The first performance they ever did in the UK was at Brixton Academy, supporting Arctic Monkeys.
0: Oh, fuck that! Well, I was going to talk about that quite extensively. As a uh, as, that was a, that was a surprise support slot.
1: Hey, fuck it, we can redo it.
0: No, you, no, you no, do it you no. yeah, you do it how you want to do it, and I'll cut it. It's fine. No, no, it's fine. Let's carry on. Let, but you're Damn right. Me. Yes, they played Brixton Academy. <laughs> it was their first gig um, in the UK. In the UK, yeah what were you going to say about that just that's a pretty big thing to be getting
1: well it's a pretty big thing to get, be getting but then they returned to the uk two months later and headlined two nights at hammersmith apollo which is a five thousand cap venue um yep. you know where incidentally they were supported by and so i watch you from afar just a little really? fun rentfree fact there yeah yeah rent free fact it's not a rent fact at all um uh yeah that's those fun man. Me, so I watch you from afar um yeah you know and and uh, even when they i think they returned yet again and um a few months later and played another headline show at uh, Brixton Academy as well i remember mm. being very excited by the prospect of this band and i remember i was in fact i think i was making my way with a friend of mine to see muse down in devon that tainmouth show um when tickets went on sale and we were sort of frantically looking uh on his phone i think he was the only one who had a phone with internet access at the time because this is 2009 isn't it um and we we the interestingly this uk tour is one of the fastest selling tour uk tours ever i think their entire uk tour sold out in 12 minutes flat which isn't that surprising when you consider the pedigree and we actually had two tickets in our basket but we were umming and about it because they were a about forty quid which at that time is quite an o- quite a lot quite of a money. Lot money yeah. And mm-hmm. at that point I don't think we'd heard anything. They might have released one song, but you know, the album wasn't out and stuff, and we um Danaard and basically lost the tickets. Um don't know if that would have been I don't know if I would have enjoyed them Crooked Vultures Live or not. Um, based on the strength of this record. Well
0: um, I can I can tell you we'll talk about me seeing them live Oh, yeah, you have seen later, it. I thought, nice. Yeah. Um but, but yeah, I mean, it is that th- Queens of the Stone Age plus Nirvana and Stroke Foo Fighters plus Led Zeppelin equals you sell lots of tickets. Oh fuck yeah, obviously. Yeah. And you know, the I mean particularly Dave Grohl getting back on drums, John mm-hmm. Paul Jones playing in a band for the first time in fucking God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um you know, yeah, obviously people were gonna go batty for it, I would have thought like it straight e- away it
1: was an exciting prospect to say the least yeah
0: it was an exciting prospect and as you say i remember i think the first time i heard about it was when i, mean, I did not pay that much attention to that kind of thing at that time um you know because i would have been buying like terrorizer and metal hammer and i don't think they were featured in either of those magazines and i didn't really look on the internet that much at that time either so yeah i i just remember reading i think i picked up the NME in a shop once and I was looking through it and it was like oh them cricket Vultures just surprise walked on stage when they were supporting Arctic Monkeys Hmm. um and I was like oh who are they then and it was obviously saw who it was and I was like oh that's interesting that's that's pretty cool that's Hmm. pretty fucking cool um
1: but the other thing I would say about this is at the time so I'm not counting John Paul Jones because obviously he wasn't really technically in a band at this time but I don't think Queens of the Stone Age were going through a particularly good patch. Two years previously, they'd released Era Vulgaris, which I would mm-hmm. personally think, say, is the weakest Queens of the Stone Age record. Really? Yes. Uh, quite firmly, for my money. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think Era Vulgaris is a mess. Don't like it at all.
0: More that I... Oh. I definitely don't agree with It's that. got a cu- it's got
1: a couple of great songs on it. Make it with make it with you. Uh, uh is it um 666. Six, six. Six, six, six. Yeah, there, there are good songs on it. There's good songs on every Queens record because Joshua Homme is is an amazing songwriter, but in terms of their all of their albums it is by far my least favorite.
0: You're taking the latest one into consideration as well.
1: Yeah, I am. Uh, villains would be really? my Fucking Villains hell, Villains would be my second least favourite, but but Era Valgaris I, I think is a worse record than Villains personally. I think
0: I think Villains is quite bad. I don't think Villains is great, but I, I think I pref- it's got I'm struggling to think of any redeeming features about villains to be that honest. That
1: opening song's good. Um mm. don't for something about feet not failing me. Um
0: Feet Don't Fail Me Now.
1: Feet don't fail me now, yeah. I best think one on it. I think the bad the bad points of Era vulgaris are far worse than the bad points of villains, I would say right um Go on. foo fighters anyway. at this point oh I think they've done echo silence patience and grace,
0: yeah, so they were become had become absolutely fucking massive, hadn't they
1: yes, um, they were doing stadiums and so on and so forth um weirdly. I know you're not going to agree with this. I defend Echo Silence and Patience, Uh, Echo Silence, Patience and Grace. I think it's actually a pretty decent record, but even I will admit that it's quite unfocused and a little bit like it's a little bit all over the place. Um, But I think it's a far better record than it's given credit for that album. But I suppose what I'm trying to say is neither of the two big bands, two big contemporary bands in this project were at their peak, let's say
0: creatively creatively yeah oh sorry
1: yes yes creatively i think that's very Mm. fair to say um so i was excited by it but i wasn't like jumping for joy at the prospect because um because of what those bands had just released
0: Mm. so i mean i yeah i mean i was like oh that's interesting those three and you're right i think if it's people you know to to not that I want to keep comparing it to "Killer be killed, but Troy from Mastodon whilst they were gearing up to do once more around the sun. So they just done the Hunter, um, Greg from Dillinger who, who is in Dillinger. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so whatever period you pick, he was doing really great stuff. I think Max had done not, not as great music mm. at that, at that time, but still, you know, he's mm. Max Cavalera. Um, You go, you look at that and you go, oh, they could get together and do something really good. Whereas I was definitely
1: more excited by the Killer Be Killed record than I was by this.
0: Yeah, but then I heard New Fang, which was the lead single Mm. uh, from this record. And I was like, oh, fuck. This is really, this is really good. New Fang is a great song. New Fang is a great
1: song. And um, weirdly sort of awkward rhythm and mm-hmm. yet it's very very danceable like it's yeah. a, it's it it's it's definitely an example of this trio being at their best new fang in in that they um produce music that is surprisingly complex without it sounding all that complex yeah um yeah new fang's a fantastic song and they followed it up with mind eraser nose chaser as well which is a bit of a banger as well that's a good song
0: those two and i have to say actually the first kind of i'd say probably the first six songs on this record totally are agreed. all fucking brilliant totally really really good um you know no one loves me neither do i uh which you know has often been uh, referred to as a sort of a distant cousin to trampled underfoot as it says on the wikipedia page to give it uh it's um
1: oh god i've never seen that but yes absolutely
0: Mm. God, I um you know, got yeah, yeah. like my Duration, no chase a new Frank, dead end friends you've got some like real instant proper rock bangers which features all of i think what you want often from a super group is you want all the elements that you love about the person that made them super in the first place to be apparent so you want those weird kind of clockworky uh josh Hom um guitar riffs you want an absolute kind of animal from the Muppets powerhouse drumming performance and Dave Grohl, and you want that really kind of funky, um, bouncy, thick Led Zeppelin bass that that John Paul Jones, you know, that really sort of soulful bass that John Paul Jones did, uh, the the kind of best bits of Led Zeppelin, and I think it delivers. You know, for for the sort of first quarter or so of this record, of, you know, just over the first. Yeah, just the first, probably the first third of this record. Again, all of those things all the time, I think. That's
1: interesting because I think one of the failures of this album personally is um, it sounds too much like a latter day Queens of the Stone Age album. I think this sounds like the record, this could have been the next Queens of the Stone Age record after Era of Algaris, personally. Um. I I think basically it's like, 70% Queens, 15 Foos, 15 Led Zeppelin.
0: I think there are definitely, you know, when that Hammond organ comes in um, on on that scumbag blues. Oh, there are moments. Yeah, don't get me wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
0: but I'm talking, I'm literally talking about their first six songs. And I think, Mm. you know, Dave Grohl's, Dave Grohl obviously had drummed for Queens of Stone Age before. Yeah. So you've got a feel of Dave Grohl on Queens material. And I think John Paul Jones brings you know his own thing to it a bit um certainly in you know the the, the two songs that we've mentioned in direct correlation with old led zeppelin songs mm-hmm. um so i was like oh this is really really good and i went out i mean i heard the singles and i went out and i think i think i actually asked for the album for christmas and i got oh. given it to, i got given it on cd for christmas from my dad lovely stuff. and i was like this is a really good record um but it doesn't last does it no interestingly i think
1: um this debut album suffers from exactly the same problems as queens of the stone ages lullabies to paralyze in that both records start really well really well but they're both too long and suffer from losing their way somewhere around the halfway mark i'd say and they never kind of fully regain their momentum um, which I think is definitely an accusation you could level up both of those albums. And weirdly, they do it roughly in the same place. Um, I think the point for me where this starts to lose its way is Around the Bandoliers, Reptiles, Mark.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, as I said, <coughs> those first six songs, I think are all brilliant. And then I agree, it's like a massive step down. I mean, particularly, I think, when you get to interlude with Ludes, which Ugh. is nearly four minutes, and it's just an absolute waste of time. You know, when yeah. you think this album is about an hour and i think it's like an hour and six minutes it's
1: 66 minutes yeah
0: yeah yeah so 66 minutes long and you're wasting three minutes and 45 seconds on i mean it's even it's called interlude, in, interlude yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's a four minute nearly four minute long fucking interlude and well it's that's just that sums up a the waste se- of time that sums yeah.
1: up the self-indulgence of this record to, to a degree and and i totally agree that when it hits it's really fucking good. There are one or two songs on the latter half of the record, which I think make up for it a little bit. Um, I think bits... Gun I Gunman? Gunman, absolutely. How that song is the penultimate track, I don't know. Gunman is absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. And I think bits of uh, Warsaw, the first breath you take away... Uh, Warsaw or the first breath you take after you gave up... Give up. Uh, has some redeeming features... Uh, although at seven minutes and 50 seconds, it's too long. Um, yep. But there are bits that are good. But yeah, it feels like from from that Bandoliers point... I mean, look, if um, this had been a seven-track album with the first six tracks and Gunman on it, we'd be talking about a fucking killer record. Yeah, for
0: Absolutely sure.
1: Absolutely killer album. But when it goes experimental this album it really loses its way and really loses its focus it's far too long I always find it really exhausting listening to this album which is why I rarely listen to it and all of these thoughts kind of made me I wasn't thrilled about returning to this and I have to say I'm I was pleasantly surprised because I had kind of forgotten how good the first half is compared to the second half but i suppose because the second half is what i'm always left with my the, the 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 feeling i'm left with after hearing this record is oh god it's just really long and monotonous and a bit self-indulgent and i don't think the whole thing is i think i think half of it is fucking killer actually and far far better like because i've probably i've probably not listened to this all this much or that much since it came out i remember trying because the prospect of the three of these musicians together is so exciting. I remember trying over and over again and just trying and willing myself to love it and just realizing that really there's too much. Well, I keep saying it self indulgence. I mean, towards the end, there is just far too much of that sort of thing.
0: I'm on. the same. I, I'm, I'm definitely the same. I think yeah. half of it is really, really good. And I'm the same that I really, really wanted to like it because of the people that are involved in it. Mm. And I think you, like you say, the first half is so good. I mean, I would now, when I came back, I haven't listened, to, if I ever do listen to it, and I've listened to it a few times in the sort of decade since it's been out, I get six songs in and I turn it off because I know mm, what's coming. Mm, so mm. I just, to me, the album is those first six songs mm. and Gunman. Mm. um, And then, you know, going back and listening to it all and particularly going, all right, well, let's see if I was maybe just being harsh in the second half is... Is has got some stuff in it, and it hasn't really. It's not good. And I um, think I think there's
1: moments here and there, but it's never enough to to. It never regains the momentum that the it pace had.
0: and the momentum and yeah, and it just doesn't feel. It's like they got. It's like they got bored themselves.
1: Hmm. Mm.
0: I I feel like they they got together and they were like oh what, what should we do what are oh, we can all these things that we can do and you you write really good riffs and you play really good drums and you do really good bass part and we've done these things. yeah let's write these songs let's write some fucking killer rock songs and they wrote six of them and then they went okay right now what oh I suppose we need to write another seven don't we yeah okay uh oh, okay all right cool well let's um and it just you know like I say there's the odd time where they go oh actually I have got something but for a lot of it it's just it's there because it's there, not because it needs to be there.
1: But isn't that a supergroup issue in a sense? I mean, when supergroups are do live up to this this idea that they're not any good and self-indulgent because <clears throat> when you're in a room with three people of that pedigree as a producer, well, I don't want to lay the blame. I don't know who produces the record, actually, but I don't want to lay the blame. I think it was at- Rick, Rick Rubin.
0: Mm. No, it was... Uh, self-produced oh of
1: course it was oh okay okay so that so there's no one there going that's probably not a great idea guys you know um and and i mean to have someone come in and have the chutzpah to do that with those three musicians would be incredibly difficult anyway i'm not saying it'd be impossible they're definitely producers who are bold enough to be able to say that sort of thing But um, yeah, I mean, self-produced, that doesn't come across as a surprise at all, really, when you listen to this, does it? No, it it doesn't. Um,
0: Although saying that, Renfri, it was very, very well received. It's got a Metascore critic of 75 Mm. from um, Metacritic based on 23 critics, generally favourable. The 19th best album of 2009, according to Mm. Rhapsody. Mm. Um, And it's got a lot of good reviews from a lot of places, where you know you you might sort of not really give a fuck about the opinion of um uh, their opinion of rock music so um 6.2 from pitchfork which is amazing for pitchfork uh you know for for Uh, independent that wasn't you was it
1: no um 6.2 at pitchfork is a rare time where i probably agree with that assessment Mm. i think this is a six Mm. or a seven Um, but even even seven feels it's difficult because when you have a record where the first half is of such high quality and the second half um isn't it's really do do you give it the benefit of the doubt because of the brilliant songs that are on it and just like give it a seven or do you go well no actually as an album as a whole just because there are amazing parts on it this should be far more concise and far better than it is and go down to a six i mean yeah i would be i would be in between a six and a seven for this record um but then i suppose if you translate seven out of ten to uh out of five that's four out of five and that seems too kind personally so mm. i think it probably would be a 6 like a th- a high 3 you know
0: there's there's quite a lot of um of you know rolling stone gave it 4 um the times gave it 4 q uh, gave it 4 the independent the independent yeah um one person who we always should bring up is robert christguy <laughs> always dud of the month uh, ah. robert christguy um, said do you want me to read his review oh but please but he yeah. gave it a b minus oh that's dud of the which- month and that's Dud of the Month. Um, God, what is he on? In his demure May, in his sorry, in his demure way, macho formalist Josh Hom has emerged as a post-Nirvana rock auteur to rival Jack White himself. Sign- signature project taking a break? No problem. He'll just hire the supposed musical glue of the heaviest aggregation of all time wave his magic bushwhacker and turn nirvana's most successful member back into the drummer we wished he'd remain and pound out whatever blindfolded blindfolded stoner with girlfriend problems would yell in your face was another queens of stone age album and later for effing eagles of death metal i don't know that i'm just reading that with Seems to have no punctuation at all. Uh, Homies is a humor in his formalism, even if his fans don't. And the all-star rhythm section does add fluidity. But in the end, this is hard rock. W a uh, no, so r a w k Uh, rock. I hate this is hard. Yeah, hard rock nirvana with a small n. A word, a world of unusually hot sex and skull busting drugs. Young guys with girlfriend problems. Wish, wish, wish was so. What the fuck? I mean, that is one hell of a market share. He is on crack, that guy. You
1: like? <laughs> I mean, I'll give him credit. <laughs> that was he me does... writing
0: it with with and actually paying attention to the punctuation. Does... I, re- I read it once. I was like, I can't really get this. But <laughs> okay.
1: He does like to paint pictures, doesn't he? Um, I mean, uh, way overly harsh um whilst i agree with some of the sentiments in what he said there the ones that i can understand um because he does have a, a habit of wanting to sound cleverer than you are um which is always a nice thing in music journalism isn't it um yeah, yeah. anthony fantame uh th- then you know i agree with some of the stuff that he says there but but you know i if a b minus is dud of the month that's a pretty decent
0: month i would say well LCD sound system and macy gray both had albums out i'm looking at his little thing that he's done there so yeah maybe it was quite a good month um it's not a it, it, but here's the thing right it, this is what i feel about it now um to pick up on where josh went next uh was to do like clockwork the next queens of stone age album now i went to a listening party do you remember them i do listening parties we very you occasionally
1: just... still go to them but it's pretty rare these very days. very
0: occasionally yeah yeah but it's i mean certainly not for i mean i guess the tall one i went to was a listening party but this was felt a bit more um a bit more nathan barley than the tall one which <laughs> was just a room with some biscuits in um whereas this <laughs> we were taken to a, an office which had like fucking ping pong table in it and a fridge oh. in the corner and all this stuff and a big boardroom with a big bloody uh, sort of flat screen telly and it was this PR company and they were like we're going to play the new Queens of Age album and I was in there for Metal Hammer them crooked and oh no, sorry no, no. no you are talking about Queens for, like, for like, like Clockwork yeah. and we listened to Light Clockwork and I was there and I was speaking to people and I was like oh who are you writing for Mojo who are you writing for The Enemy? who are you writing for The Times who are you writing for um, The Sun do you know what I mean it was like a lot of people and I thought well and a lot of people who probably didn't cover or listen to rock music at all. Mm-hmm. And I now like Light like Clockwork. I think it's good. I don't think it's the best Queen's of the Stone Age album, but it's good.
1: Light Clockwork has... Um, I, I, do you know what? When I first heard Light Clockwork, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. And mm-hmm. over the years, it has... It's grown on me immensely to the point where I would now say it's my fourth favourite Queen's of the Stone Age record.
0: Yeah. Um, but... So I hated it as well, and I I listened to it and I thought, this is not the Queens of Stone Age that I like. Yeah, where's quite. the grit? Where's the aggression? Where's the 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 good riffs and stuff like? That? They seem to have disappeared. Admittedly, you know it's a it's a different record from those first mm. three, which I think are the, the best ones. Um, but all the people that I was in there with, all these other people, were like, oh my god, it's so amazing, isn't it? It's So heavy, so rock, and all. And I was like. No, it's the opposite of that. It's the absolute opposite of that. And I felt like because Queens of Stone Age are a band who it's all right for the tabloid press to go, isn't rock music silly, but not Queens of Stone Age. I felt like all of these people were telling themselves, who knew nothing about rock music, that they were into this amazingly heavy, cool band because it's kind of all right for them to do that. And I think there is uh, an argument that the good reviews that Them Crooked Vultures got, a lot of it was down to the fact that you can't slag off the drummer from Nirvana and the bass player from Led Zeppelin when they release a new band. Even if you you don't know or care about rock music at all, you still have to give it a good review because it's John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. It's Dave Grohl playing drums again. Oh, of course it's brilliant. Of course it is. And then you think, well you've not been very nice about clutch yeah you've not been very nice about mastodon you've not been very nice about lots of really really good rock bands when you can be bothered to even look around to cover them but yet you'll go oh god isn't you know it's true proper what a great rock album when half of it is far 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 from a a great rock album yeah It's a bloated boring bad rock album in fact so i mean i mean
1: um, to defend that position ever so slightly although broadly i agree with you um i would say that i think a lot of people got um overexcited by the idea of what this project was rather than the result of what the project was yeah um and and that's why um i I said earlier that i i kept returning to this record over and over and over again because i i wanted to see something in it and i wanted to love it and if it had just been a a another new rock band i probably would have listened to it three four times to review it and then not gone back to it ever so mm. you know um but yes i do i totally understand what you're saying 100 percent. yeah
0: so um They were confirmed to play the Download Festival on the 25th of January 2010 is when they were confirmed. They were added to the bill, I remember, before headliners for that Friday at Download, ACDC, who were the headliners uh, on that Friday, were just subbing them. So they were subbing. Wow. Mm. Now, depending on who you speak to and what you believe, it's been said that ACDC um, obviously famously turned up with their own stage on that Friday and no one else apart from ACDC was allowed to play on that stage. So Download for One Day had two stages next to each other uh, and the supporting cast of Unearth, 36 Crazy Fists, Kill, Such Engage and, and Them Cooking Vultures played on one stage and then ACDC played on the stage next to it. I was there, a bit annoyed that the doors didn't open. I'm you know, paying for a three-day festival and the doors didn't open on the first day till four in the afternoon. Um hey, Why was that? Well, I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I've never, ever been given or found a real reason as to why that main stage didn't start at midday like it always did. And those bands weren't booked. Presumably... It was down to financial constraints. Uh, because AC/DC, been... ACDC, I don't know how much they were paid. I don't have any insider knowledge of that at all. But we all know, you don't have to know anything to know that ACDC w- were paid a lot of fucking money and download bent over backwards to accommodate AC/DC's every ludicrous whim. And for all those people that say ACDC at download was the best set ever and blah, 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 blah and all this stuff... Yes, maybe. Um, They were very good. I still think Angus Young playing a solo for 35 minutes. I don't give a fuck who you are. Don't play a solo for 35 minutes. Um, But it was an amazing thing to see, admittedly. But for them to not put their name on the Mm T-shirts, the official download T-shirts, for them to treat it like, oh, we're not playing a festival, we're just doing a one-off gig that happens to be on our stage next to another stage. But those people are not good enough to set foot on our stage. Yeah, John Paul Jones is not good enough to set foot <laughs> yeah, on the stage. Yeah, yeah, Fuck yeah. you. Um, I thought that was a massive slap in the face. And, you know, I can understand why Andy did it, particularly when, you know, so he says them Crooked Vultures were booked originally as headliners for the Friday night. Were they? Headliners. So, yes, Whoa. obviously when ACDC become available and you got one shot at it, if your headliners are them Crooked Vultures with their one album, mm. um, you might want to take that. But here's the thing I've thought of over the years, Renfri. Uh As Download Festival moves along and we can bemoan the, sort of the, the lack of newer headliners playing Download Festival, lots of names get thrown around who have never played Download. Pearl Jam, Blink-182, Green Day, blah, blah, blah. You all know, you know the ones that I'm talking about. What name gets chucked around the most? Foo Fighters, mm-hmm. get the Foo Fighters. Why are the Foo Fighters playing? Get the Foo Fighters. Um, I I presume by two thousand and nine, uh, you know, downloaded only being a festival. What six seven years at that point? Two thousand started two thousand
1: three, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So back then, you know, System of a Down, Iron Maiden. I know Limp Bizkit was the first to head supposed to headline the first one, and didn't? But Limp Bizkit, Linkin Park. You know, you, you've got. A, Metallica, you know, Sabbath, you've got a bunch of bands who have been able to headline it. Kiss. Yeah. Um, y- you know, you've got a bunch of headliners there and it's all all's good. Probably never thought to ask the Foo Fighters back in those days. Probably didn't.
1: No, probably not.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, Download 2010 rolls around. Them Crooked Vultures get booked and Dave Grohl gets to play Donnit and Park for the first time in his career. And... He is shoved onto a side stage just before the main headliners. He and his band play an hour while people boo, throw things at him, turn around, just generally look bored. Um really? Yeah. <laughs> the the fucking um what's his name? Um Alan Johannes, is it? The yeah. he was playing second guitar, yeah, did uh, the rest of the band fucked off at one point and he did like a, a five minute solo. Like, oh yeah, he's the guy everyone's coming to oh see.
1: Oh my God, right. Okay. Yeah,
0: like definitely, like he's, you know, it's John Paul Jones, Dave Grohl, Joshua Homme, No, 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 no. I want to see fucking, it, well, I don't even think it was Alan Johannes. I think it was, um, Uh, oh yeah, it was. Yes, it was Alan Johannes. Um, I, I No one wants to see him doing a fucking solo, do they? Really, let's no, be honest. No. Um, They want to see the other people doing it. But yeah, Dave Grohl goes and he does his gig um for the first time at donington park to at best apathy at worst outright hostility get shoved onto a side stage where he's not even allowed to stand on the same stage as the headliners i used to be the drummer in nirvana and you're telling me i can't stand on this stage yes that's what i'm telling you Mm. and people are surprised that that the foo fighters don't want to play download Mm. yeah yeah i think the foo fighters will never play download And I think the Foo Fighters will never play Download because Dave Grohl remembers playing Download with them Crooked Vultures.
1: Um, Were they, do you think they were bad? Were they bad or were people just being cunts?
0: Uh, They were boring. Right. They came on and they played sort of the first, you know, they, they started off quite well. First four songs from the first record and uh from the well, from the record I should say the first four songs off the, their only record and I was like yeah here we go and then the sneaking suspicion suddenly I went ah they haven't really got much material left now fuck yeah. and they jammed a lot yeah I big old jam session and it was boring you know old matey boy got up and did his solo and everyone went I cannot believe you've decided to let this guy solo mm it was not very good. It was a kind of a good sort of 12 minute start. And then it just got worse and worse and worse and worse.
1: I've heard this a lot that they um, would jam an awful lot. And, you know, when you hear about them doing sort of 90 minute sets and stuff like that, their own headline shows, and it's like, well, they've only got 66 minutes worth of material on the record and half the record's not that good. So surely that's going to be a bit of a slog. I mean, in, in in the grand scheme of um, out of bands that I missed and never got to see live, I'm fairly pleased that I kept my 40 quid in my pocket, I think, by the sounds of things. Like, I, I, I'm sure it would have been, I'm sure moments of it would have been excellent, fucking incredible. And just, yeah, just, see see, pretty good. just seeing the three of them on stage together would have probably been pretty wicked in a way. But, 40 quid wicked i'm not sure i'm not so sure
0: no 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 and certainly i think that as i said the sort of apathy and hostility showed to them by download festival has really come back and bitten download festival on its ass Mm. because UN ever getting and you know let's be real here they weren't very good they were on a stage which the sound was bad on that stage i mean i remember when when unearth came on as the opening band and it was just like what is this and you know for years i'm sure dave grohl has been getting told ah the magic of Donington. Yeah. The magic yeah, yeah, yeah. of, of Donington Park. And he turns yeah. up, he's got fucking an hour on a side stage next to this thing. It's windy as fuck. It's, yeah. it's shit weather. Everybody's looking on the other stage, which has got no one on. And he's playing to fucking hardly. Know. And he's like, well, no, fuck that. I'm playing at Reading. Like, yeah. I have a lovely, I have a lovely time at Reading. Yeah. So like, it and actually that, dawned on me as we were approaching this, and I was like, oh yeah, Dave Gold has played Donnington. Oh yeah, and he must have hated it because it was horrible for everyone, that.
1: And and all that magic of Donnington stuff is fucking bullshit. It's a field next yes, to a race no, car. No, it it's isn't. fucking nonsense. I mean, there's no kind of venue oh, no, that's not strictly true. There are outdoor venues that have an amazing aura and an amazing place about them, but they're things like Red Rock's Amphitheatre. Uh, in yeah. america and stuff like that you know like it's there's nothing special about Donington whatsoever i'm sorry there just fucking isn't it's not no, even it's cert- not it's not even a very good site it's actually a fucking ir- irritating site for several reasons
0: mm. and certainly you know dave grow on, on, on well they've but certainly on don it down on that day overcast windy no one has been sort of sitting out all day the people that had just been kind of pushed into this field everyone was waiting for them to finish so they could just turn their heads to the left a bit and mm. watch acdc and and because of and it, it did dawn on me as when we were researching this i was like oh yeah and i just thought you're never gonna get like download will never get the Foo fighters and i think it's because of them crooked vultures
1: mm, interesting yeah never that's never occurred to me I, I didn't really know if they went down well or, or badly either so mm. but yeah i mean they don't strike me as a massively download-esque band anyway not even queens of the stone age particularly strike me as playing into download the download crowd's hand i would say they didn't
0: go down as sort of you know guests to iron maiden i think in i want to say 2012 yeah um yeah i don't think queens of stone age went down that well i mean they didn't help themselves by playing loads of fucking again loads of jammy yeah stuff but because as as much
1: as much as download want to kind of align themselves as a rock festival as opposed to a metal festival because the first five years or so they were very very it was very much a metal thing really predominant well they had the indie
0: day don't forget they had the indie day which they just binned off after two years. You know, cool. JJ72 and Feeder and Garbage and all that stuff playing.
1: Oh, uh, I mean, there was that. Wasn't that later, though? Or was no, it... that was the second year. Was it the second year? Fucking hell. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Well, okay. All right, well, uh, ignore me then. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. Eh. <laughs> Good, <very> well, well,
0: <laughs> well, well, well argued, Remco. <laughs> But yes, you're right. I know they've been that off very, very quickly. Obviously, that was binned off pretty quickly. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. You know, I I think Download is a, it's a festival. It's it's a rock festival, but it's a metal festival, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, there are rock bands there, but it takes a certain type of rock band to go down well there.
1: Well, that's exactly it. It's a metal festival, which puts rock bands on sometimes, but predominantly Mm -hmm. it's bread and butter as metal yeah for sure unfortunately um
0: after they toured for a year they fucked off and they've never come back even though over the years it's been said that they are going to come back in in 2012 um Dave said they would hope they're going to get back together uh they said they were writing a second record um they'd originally
1: they'd originally planned to follow up this album in 2011 so they're originally mm going to do a sort of traditional album cycle um and and uh yeah then crooked vultures 2 was going to come out in 2011 um yeah sorry i feel like i interrupted you
0: no no, no that's fine um yeah and then whew, nothing was really heard again for about another five years was it
1: well um josh homie got busy doing the queens for the stone age self-titled album reissue mm-hmm. stuff which was yeah excellent um and then dave role probably oh god what was he doing at
0: this point wasting light but the food fighters yes. are at that point yes
1: yes amazing album um I, I mean john paul jones obviously <laughs> is free whenever i imagine
0: but <laughs> sending <laughs> off phone calls to remaster the led zeppelin back catalog by jimmy page again again
1: um just twiddling his thumbs incidentally um just because you haven't mentioned it as of yet there was an interview in 2019 just last year as we we're recording this yeah um and apparently originally they had wanted to have jimmy page be a part of the band as well which either would have been fucking wonderful or would have made Mm. it even more jammy and even more self-indulgent and i i I don't really know i think we know i don't know it depends sort of what mood jimmy and it depends what mood jimmy page is in i think i mean if if it you know, when I think of those last two Led Zeppelin albums, I'm like, Oh, we don't want that, Jimmy Page. No, thank you. Um mm-hmm. even though he'll tell anyone that will listen that Presence is the best Led Zeppelin album, which is fucking insane. It's like saying Is that what he thinks? I didn't know that. That's what Jimmy Page says. Yeah. It's like saying oh, Supercharge is the best machine head record. It's just fucking mental. <laughs> um but um yeah, um but I don't think the possibility of a new Them Crooked Vultures record has been totally ruled out um, because they um, there was a pretty recent uh, tour. Um, oh, where was it? The NME quite recently said, uh, w- uh, Dave Grohl said, we've talked, we've got together. I never say never. If you want me to be your drummer, we either have to be best fucking friends or you have to be better than Josh Homme and John Paul Jones. If those guys call and say that it's time to go, then I'm going to go because that's the band. That's the band that I want to be the drummer of forever. Josh and I talk about it all the time. I know that John would love to as well. It's all—it's also like herding cats, so we'll see.
0: Um,
1: would you? We shall see. Would you want a second them Crooked Vultures record? Would you be interested?
0: I'd be interested, but I don't know that I need it uh, or want it. I, I, I would take it. Do you know what? Um, like if you offered me if you offered me a uh, a current bun now I would eat it <laughs> but I'm not sitting <laughs> you're here not going, that fuck me I really l- would love a current bun
1: um, before I return to the, to this record for this writer's review so I imagine the last time I heard this record was probably 2010 I'm guessing because um, I probably gave it a few months before before going nah I just can't do it um, I would have said I'm not really interested in a new them Crooked vultures record but remembering because in my memory this record had two or three good songs on it and returning to it it's actually got six or seven good songs on it and I'm I'm more into the idea than I was a few days ago before I'd re-listened to this record again.
0: We've done a flip-flop then because I always think of this album and I think of mind eraser no chaser i think of you know um scumbag blues i think of uh, like all of those first few songs and i forget all the shit and i've gone back and listened to it and gone oh yeah all the shits on it as well so it's made me go oh, all right maybe just leave it I'm so the we other have way a, ra- yeah i'm
1: the other way yeah. around yeah we have done a flip-flop as you say We've done a flip-flop <laughs> which, which is like technical uh, term
0: <laughs> we're like freaky friday aren't we <laughs> uh, <laughs> bagsy Lindsay lohan <laughs> um i've don't know that you can do that but anyway <laughs> uh good all right well thank you jack jack clark that was your suggestion we appreciate your um contribution to this podcast i hope you enjoyed it and we will be back soon with another one i think the next one we're doing is porcupine trees porcupine tree. fear of a blank planet which i bloody love
1: great records much better than this one oh,
0: much better than this <laughs> one um much better than most records it's a brilliant but we'll talk record. about that when yeah. it's fucking awesome uh, all right cool we will see you then And thank you again for your contribution. If you're under a fiver, up it to a fiver, would you? Get the old classic album series. Go on. You'll bloody love that. Anyway, nice one. Speak to you soon. Thank you, Renfrey.
1: Thank you, Steve.
0: Thank you.